welcome to the Tuesday edition of BibleQuest.tv. And um, before we get into it, let me go ahead and bring in the panelists and introduce everybody that you or you in the audience probably know already. Stephen Rouse down in, uh, over in Harrisburg. Is it down or over in Harrisburg for me? I'm up in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. It's down and over, probably like southwest or something like that. Yeah, everything is south for me. And in fact, everything is southwest for me. I'm up here in northeast. Scott over there in Gettysburg. Hi, Scott. How you doing, Drew? Well, just outside of it anyway. All right. Good to see you. Yep. Slightly north, northwest. You're slightly of West Gettysburg. Okay. All right. Jeff? I'm getting all geographical today. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. How you doing down there in uh, Exton? Doing great. Doing great. Getting a little chilly, a little snow coming in, but doing okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Glad to have Jonathan with us, also our webcast engineer, which I'm going to require a lot of help from you today, Jonathan. I don't know why, but there's some things going on in my head on the technical side. It's just not adding up again. I'm having these bouts. Good to see you, Jonathan. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. All right. Listen, we're going to get right into the program. Oh, let me just go through some of that, as they call the... Um, some of the back-end stuff. I forget what they call it. But anyway, if you're coming in from the zoom app and you want to talk with us or have questions or add comments ask questions hit the q a button and text away or click the uh, hand button and you let us know if you want to use the audio if you're on the facebook page that you're coming in and watching the program on just text away in the comment box as you guys already know how to do all of that but we're really happy you're all here and if you're coming in on the podcast that means you're listening to this after it's been recorded so it's not live but you can still ask questions go to biblequest.tv on the home page is right there, the form page to go ahead and ask us questions, make comments of something you've heard or something you want to ask about. With all of that out of the way, let's get into our question. And so I'm just going to ask it. Was Jesus a myth? Someone that was invented? Or did he really exist? God? All right. Uh, first off, what, are, what would be our primary documents on the existence of Christ? Primary documents would be the Bible, especially yeah. the Gospels. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and, and the rest of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but there's also secondary uh, evidence from secular sources. Who would be some secular sources from unbelievers uh, that make mention of Jesus? Tacitus of the first century. Yeah, Suetonius. Um, and arguably Josephus, that's a matter of debate as to whether some of the references in Josephus, whether all of those references to Jesus are, are uh, authentic or not, but they're references in Josephus. You also and, have Lucian, general consensus. Lucian, of Samus, Lucian of Samosata. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Josephus, and we can look at this a little bit more later maybe, but there's a first century reference that refers to Jesus and his brother James and it's mentioned there's some debate as to how much of it is authentic because it's clearly been added to, but most scholars recognize that there is a core reference there to Jesus. Uh, and Tacitus, the Roman historian and senator who lived in the first century and wrote and mentions the death of Jesus under Pontius Pilate in the early second century. And then there's the second century reference by Lucian of Samosota, who was the uh, uh, Greek satirist. Uh, so you've got reference from Greek world, Latin world, Jewish world, uh, referring to this person who had been uh, killed, crucified, executed at this Inclu time. In including 
including what appear to be descriptions of Jesus' life by people who claim they knew him. And, they, and, and of course, coming back to these primary documents, that's it for us, is, is New Testament documents, including, uh, like in the Gospel of John mentions, this is he who saw these things. John will later write about that we saw and touched him. Peter will talk about it in Acts 10. You know, we ate with him, et cetera, et cetera, and after he rose from the dead, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, Scott, Scott, what about uh, that Alex Amenos Graffito? Any of you guys? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we have a date on that, but uh, that that's a. Uh, uh, they said uh, that's around two hundred. The, the historians claim, the scholars claim, it's around two hundred A.D. Yeah, so that's a good bit. I mean, that's very early. These other things, we've got some other things, of course, from within the first century. So we're going to look at today, we're going to look at some arguments from some atheists. So let me uh, hit share screen here. I didn't do that right. Still didn't do it right. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Let's see if the third time is the charm. Nope, we're going to have to go for four. There we go. Found the right button. And now here we go. Does everybody see that chart yeah, in the middle of the page? there it goes. All right. So did Jesus exist? And let me get this other thing out of the way. Did Jesus exist? We're going to look at a little bit from these two uh, clips here. Uh, did Jesus exist by the underlings, whoever they are? And there is something on YouTube, but some people will watch it and be influenced by it. The second one is by a historian. He's got a Ph.D., uh, he's had a lot of influence with some people, um, and he is also going to argue, which is rare for a historian, that Jesus did not exist. So uh, let's look at a couple arguments. Real Go quickly, ahead. real quickly, who is this? He's a Richard Carrier. Yes. He's the historian, and he has a PhD. Is he on yes. somewhere? What is he? I'm not sure, uh, but he's had enough of an impact, like Stephen and I both know someone who's been influenced by his ideas uh, in, 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 as part of his lack of faith. So he, he's having an impact on people. Uh, I don't know how wide, but he's written a book. Uh, he's on YouTube. And the, the thing about him is that he is a historian claiming that Jesus didn't exist, which is notable because most historians realize uh, whatever they might believe about Jesus, that there must have been someone, Jesus of Nazareth, that existed. The evidence is just clear that there was, even if they don't believe in him, and even if they don't believe what the Bible says about him. But this fellow dares to go the other way, so we're going to look at his. All right. Uh, we'll look, though, at this first one, and it says things like this. Despite being such a purportedly significant hysterical figure, the evidence for his existence is remarkably weak. Other major characters of the ancient world, like Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great, were written about extensively during their lives, and both appeared in many official documents and even on coins. Uh, did Caesar show up on coins? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and during his life, would there be documents and, and coins minted during his life? Sure, you have all oh, kinds yeah. of government yeah. documents. Yeah. He was so. If Jesus really existed, why is he not on a coin? Back then, well, he wasn't a government official who would have been put on a coin. <laughs> I exist, and I doubt that I will ever be put on a coin. 
This is true. Uh, Jesus, in fact, pulled out a coin when somebody asked him in Matthew 22, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Somebody relate that briefly for us. Where they say, should we pay taxes? And he says, give me a coin. And says, whose inscription likeness is this? And they say, well, it's Caesar's. And he says, well, give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's. And of course, he did not pull out a coin with his own image on it. Uh, so, but continuing with the arguments here, not so with Jesus. Despite his supposedly being, supposedly being involved with major events that would have rocked the ancient world, there's no independent evidence that Jesus even existed. Uh, and we'll talk later more a little about probably about Tacitus and Josephus and those type of things. But I want to move on to this. We're going to get into more detail a little bit later, but we'll just hint at it now. He says, the epistles make no mention of any earthly human Jesus. Now, just think about that for a minute. They're making an argument, which we'll come back to in a few minutes, that the epistles make no mention of any earthly human Jesus. As we're going to see, that's not correct. But why do you suppose he's singling out the epistles here rather than the gospels? Well, because the, the gospels are all about Jesus on earth. Uh, yeah. Matthew and Mark start either with the beginning of John's birth or Jesus' birth. I mean, Matthew and Mark, Matthew and Luke, and they tell about his Jesus' birth, and then they tell about his teaching for three years and his death on the cross. And so you, you kind of have to omit those if you want to make the case that there was no description of Jesus' life on earth. And, yeah. and Go ahead, Stephen. And isn't there, for people who don't believe that the New Testament documents are authentic, there are still some of the letters they have to say, well, yeah, Paul did write that, and he did write it really early on. And they would accept those as historical, yes. but not the Gospels. They would say, oh, no, those were later, those were legendary. But there are a few of the epistles that even people who don't believe in Jesus would say, yeah, those were early Christian documents. Right, right. So what you've got, whenever you talk to unbelievers and Gnostics, you t and then we'll go to Drew, you've got the general attitude that they say, if you say something about one of the Gospels, their attitude very quickly is, what do they say about a Gospel? Later, it's legendary. Later, in legendary, over and over. Drew. So in other words, the argument, Epistle makes no mention of any earthly human Jesus. That locks it down. That proves that he didn't exist. On the other hand, if any of those letters did say something about Jesus' humanity, would that convince them that he exists? Uh, probably not, because the evidence is there, and they still make, uh, you still see claims like this. But the thing is, that's the role of the believer, is to First Peter 3.15, what are we to do? We are to, to give, a reason, give a reason for the faith, the, the hope that you have in you. Yes. So that when they ask us concerning the hope that we have, give them or give them, I can't even remember the text. Somebody quote that text or read that text for us. I think it's First Peter one twelve or something like that. Oh, what are you asking? I thought it sounded like you were going to First Peter three fifteen. If it yes. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, being ready always to give answer to every man that asks a reason for the hope that lives or dwells within you. That's yeah, the word yeah. I was interested in, reason, which is right. logic and reason. Right. And so that's what we'll be doing today. We'll be looking at the reasons. Understanding, now, it, it, as Christians, of course, the Gospels are, are you know, uh, important and vital, you know, looking at the life of Christ recorded in the Gospels 
that's where we see what he did, what he taught, the miracles he did, the Sermon on the Mount, etc. But if you're talking to an unbeliever, we need to understand that they don't already believe the Gospels. Um, one good way to understand what it's like to talk to an unbeliever is to imagine a Muslim talking to you about the Quran. When a Muslim talks to you about the Quran, should he expect that you already believe it? No. Right. So we have to realize when we're talking to an unbeliever that they are unbelievers, and so it's our job to give them a reason. Okay, so uh, having established and mentioned, when you talk to them, they're going to universally almost say, uh, if they've been influenced by a lot of things in the media and different things said at universities, that the Gospels are later, none of those people knew Jesus, they're legends, they're laters, and so all of that is to them to say that they are not what? Believable. They're not, yeah, not, not believable, not believable. But they can't deny, and they don't deny, that some of the epistles were written by Paul, and some of those epistles are quite early. So now you have this argument saying that none of the epistles refer to an earthly Jesus. We'll come back to that in a minute. If I could just interject something. Yes. So they believe Paul existed, but wait a minute. We don't have any coins with Paul on them. That's right. That's right. Uh, why do you suppose they have to believe Paul existed? Because we have evidence of his uh, at least seven letters that he wrote are accepted by the majority of historians that these are authentic, genuine letters. That's why do they accept those seven letters? You, you know, I wonder, I wonder if this, to some extent, is the reason people are willing to accept Paul's ex existence, even if they, if they want to deny Jesus' existence. And that is because there is a popular idea amongst some uh, who are unbelievers that you, you have to attribute Christianity to something. It had to come from somewhere. And there's a popular right. notion right. that really Christianity is something that was created or at least popularized by Paul, yep. and, and we can attribute Christianity to that and say Jesus never existed, but then we have to say Paul existed. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, let's, let's try to imagine an unbeliever arguing that Paul didn't exist or Christianity didn't exist. Well, as of Suetonius and Tacitus, both in, in their histories, tell us about what Nero did at the fire of Rome. Um, Rome burned. People blamed Nero for it. Nero needed a scapegoat, so who did he blame? And this is 64. Blamed Christians. And Christians. Yeah. Well, there, Christians have to exist at the time. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's going to blame somebody there. Not only did they exist at the time, but they're prominent enough that they that they're on Caesar's radar, and he's wanting to put the blame on them. Not only was it, but not only were they on his radar, Tacitus wrote that this 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 movement started way over in Judea on the other side of the Mediterranean Sea and ended up over here. He calls it an evil thing. He said, this is an evil superstition, and it ended up right here, and at 64 AD, it's big enough for the populace to hate these people. Yes, yes. And, of course, Tacitus, as we can get to later, also referred to the founder of this sect, Christus, who had been put to death under one of our procurators, Pontius Pilate. So it's just ridiculous to say there's no external documentation about Jesus. Coming back to the epistles, um, why, for instance, um, 
if you're an unbeliever uh, and you're looking at a gospel, okay, uh, and you're an unbeliever, so what as an unbeliever, what are some things that you just consider impossible? Miracles. Somebody right. walking on water, raising the dead. Right. Coming back so if you, open up, if you open up a gospel and it says Jesus walked on the water and made a blind man see, and after he was dead, rose from the dead, as an unbeliever, what's your de facto go-to on that? It didn't happen. It was a myth. Yeah. However, if you look at an ancient writing uh, written to the church at Corinth, which there were Christians at Corinth and in Rome, and it's scolding them for their bad behavior, for their bad attitudes, for the incest going on and the lawsuits and and uh, um, the, the division and the egos and the strife. As an unbeliever, do you have a whole lot of reason to reject that? No. Yeah. It doesn't sound like propaganda. <laughs> right, right, right. It doesn't fit that mold. And so since there were Christians, well, you know, here, here's what you would accept about them. And plus, even within the first century, we've got external references to First Corinthians, even in the first century. So they, they do accept those. All right, now let's move on here to something else. Um, I'm going to skip this part. This is some kind of nonsense that they say about the Gospels, but we've kind of covered that. Now we're going to look at uh, the argument presented by Richard Carey. Now, he's going to talk about uh, that. I didn't mean, I tried to abbreviate that and not have that part for the sake of time. Here we go. He's going to start talking about a sequence of evidence here that other evidence he felt pointed into a place. And he says the sequence of evidence really supports it. And what he's, the view he's talking about is that Jesus was an imaginary mythical character. And he says I, he found this and was quite surprised that he wasn't able to refute it. I'm a little surprised he wasn't able to refute it either, as we'll see in a minute. But he says it's been claimed a lot of times. I tried my best to find all the evidence against it, uh, but it just doesn't hold up. So, in fact, this is what the evidence looks like. He says the epistles only speak of a pre-existent celestial being and revealed gospel. So this is what he's saying, if you watch the whole video. Of course, the lay, the gospels he's going to say are what? Later. Legendary. Legendary, not to be relied on. It's propaganda. So he's tried to take them off the table. Yeah, they're, they're, for him, they're off the table already. But he knows the epistles are early. And he's saying his view is that Jesus was a myth. He was a spiritual imagination and that uh, kind of like he, he compares it to hallucinations by Joseph Smith or Muhammad in the cave. Like Muhammad in the cave says he spoke to the angel Gabriel and he would say he didn't really speak to the angel Gabriel, but in his mind, Muhammad thought he did. And then this hallucination leads to other things. Now, he's going to say what the Gospels say later about him being an actual person. You can discard that because they're fictitious things written later, not by anybody that knew him, in his view, in his claim. Well, doesn't but, hold on, hold on. I'm a little confused because in that slide you have up, only speak of a pre-existent celestial being and revealed gospel. 
But then he just said yeah. the Gospels were written after these he's, letters? He's not talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's talking about that people in their mind imagined that a mythical Jesus spoke to them. So for, for him, he's saying that in the, first, in the earlier part of the first century, there was a belief in a mythical spiritual being called Jesus that some people thought spoke to them. Some people are tens of thousands of people. (laughs) You got me chomping at the bit here. Let me jump ahead here. All right, all right. Let's get get on here. So saying in in the epistles, the idea of a man named Jesus who walked on the earth doesn't exist. Not there. That's I want right. to just mention, we can mention several, and I'm sure we will. We're going to look at a chart here, but I just want to throw out one real quickly. And that's 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Take us there. Where Paul talks about Christ who died for our sins. Verse 4, he was buried. That's not talking about a preexistent. I mean, it, we do believe he was preexistent, but that's not talking about somebody only in a preexistent state. We're talking about somebody who lived on earth, was a man, died, and was buried in a tomb. This in a letter that was yes. written within 20 years of the time that this happened. Now, here's my question. Can you imagine a myth today being created about somebody who did not exist in 1998, 20 years ago, and that this could take hold, that worldwide people could become believers in somebody in 1998 who we say lived on earth at that time, and he didn't really exist, and it could become so successful that 2,000 years later, the whole world would date their calendars based on the existence of that man. Yeah. Add, let me add something to that, Jeff. Uh, verse 12. The audience that he was trying to talk to, or actually talking to people about this, they did not believe in the resurrection, and these were Christians. Right. They were having a hard time accepting reversal of death. That was the yep. mentality of the world in the first century. And and so I have to then say, well, wait a minute. Uh why would they then be convinced that there was this reversal of death, that that's the argument they're making against Paul, and Paul is saying, no, it did happen, and we're talking about a guy 20 years ago. Now, let's adjust our d- date a little bit, to, to be clear. This epistle is written about 25 years after the death of Christ, but notice verse 1. He's referring to what he taught them when he got there five years prior. When you, you're dating First Corinthians? First Corinthians. When did you date First Corinthians? Um, around, uh, oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking of the date of Second Corinthians. Um, so this is written while Paul is at Ephesus. Uh, yeah, so this would be around 55 AD. He established the work at Corinth. He went to Corinth in 50 AD. And we know that from the... Uh, uh, the inscription, the Galileo inscription at Delphi. So that uh, about fifteen years after the resurrection. About about twenty. That'd be twenty-two ish, twenty-three ish, depending on what year you use for the. All right. Okay. So he got there about fifty, uh, which would be a couple decades after the death of Christ, and now he's writing back to them after he left Corinth, after he dropped off Aquila and Priscilla, after he went to Jerusalem, 
after he journeyed back through what is now modern-day Turkey and spent some time in Ephesus. But he's referring to what he taught them a, a few years earlier. So verse 1, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, past tense. So this is what he had taught previously. Verse 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that also which I received. Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture, and he was buried. As Jeff pointed out, this is he's not talking about an imaginary spiritual idea. You don't bear, you don't have a tomb, you know, that you place the body of a spiritual idea. This was, of course, it's talking about a, a, a person, a man, Jesus of Nazareth. Absolutely. What are some other references in the epistle? So if we're going to assume there are, if we're going to not assume their argument, but let me put it this way. If we're going to try to give a reason to a person who's not, uh, who, who's the, our, I'm not saying this well, let me put it this way. Do we want to start on common ground with a person that we can build from? Sure. So if they want to, if they want to set aside the Gospels as not being evidence worthy of consideration, I think that's foolish. But if they're willing to concede the epistles are worthy of consideration. Then we'll start there. Yeah. So it's like if you're talking with a total atheist who admits that there is a world in nature and creation, a good place to start would be? The world's nature and creation. Yeah, yeah. So you start where they're at. So if they're, if the point they're at is, yes, there are these epistles, so that's where we'll start. And now let's look what he says about them. He only accepts seven of the epistles as being authentic. So since we're going to start where he's at, we should, we'll start with these. Romans, Galatians, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, 1st Thessalonians, and Philemon. And in those, he says they're written in the 50s, about 20 years after the founding of the religion, and these epistles only speak of a pre-existent celestial being. And uh, the Gospels, meanwhile, come decades later, and I would contend that they're deliberately fictional. They're not biographies, they're not recollections, they're not collections of memories. And so we'll start where he's started. Can you, throw up, can you throw up the screen again that shows the epistles he's willing to accept, the ones he's sure. talking about? Yeah, so we're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys for evidence of a physical, earthly life of Jesus of Nazareth from Romans, Galatians, Philippians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, or Philemon. Probably Romans, has Galatians, Philippians, the Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, and Philemon. Mm -hmm. Let me jump ahead and hit this also. He says, Jesus began life or began his existence as an imagined character. Only later was he transposed into history. So, what do you have from the God? I'm going to throw this up and then I'm going to ask you to give me some stuff from the epistles. From the Gospels, we know Jesus is born of Mary as a virgin. He's a descendant of King David, his uh, uh, thought to be earthly father uh, was Joseph. Uh, his not actual father, but legal father. His brothers are James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. He was born at Bethlehem, went to Nazareth. He was introduced in ministry by John the Baptist. He had ministry in Galilee, Samaria, Judea. He did extensive teaching, sermons and parables, extensive miracles, signs and healing. He appointed 12 apostles, Peter, James, John, etc. 
And then he goes to Jerusalem. He's opposed by Jewish leaders. He was betrayed by Judas. He established the Lord's Supper, arrested and tried before the high priest, bought before Pilate and Herod, crucified, buried by Joseph Nicodemus, rose on the first day, appeared to disciples, ascended to the Father, right? These are things from the Gospels. What of this can you find in the epistles, contrary to Richard Carrier's argument? Well, let's start at the top of the list. Born of Mary is uh, something that certainly the Gospels talk about, but also the epistles. One of the very early epistles, Galatians chapter 4, speaks of Jesus as being born of a woman and born under the law in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. And why, why if someone says, well, it didn't say that it was, she was a virgin, what would you reply? The question right here is, did he exist or not? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. If, somebody wants to, if somebody wants to change the question, that's fine. Yeah. We'll talk about whether he was born of a virgin or not. Yeah. You've yeah. got to first admit that he existed. And if you're starting to tell me, but he wasn't really born of a virgin, you yeah, right, right. the point that he existed. Yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. <laughs> if he's just a celestial imagination... No, this is a human being born at a particular time period under the law and born of a woman. Uh, I would suggest Who was a virgin. Also, yeah, I would suggest <laughs> also that this probably refers to the virgin birth because um, you know there's no question among the Galatians as to whether or not Jesus was a person. But as Paul is describing him, where that's not under consideration, I mean, everybody knows that. Um, you know, if I told you guys about Stephen, I said, uh, oh, this is Stephen Rouse. By the way, he was born from a woman. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, since everybody is born from a woman, but most everybody is born, everybody but one was born as a result of a woman and a man. The singling out born of woman is probably an indication here, I suspect, of reference to the knowledge of the virgin birth, right? What else on the list here do you see? But absolutely, as you pointed out, first and foremost, he's a he's a human being, born of woman. Very good. All right, what else from those epistles would you find from this list? Well, Paul, it's pretty explicit in Philippians, and he really mentions that entire list to the Philippians, his birth, his death, and his resurrection, um, all of it there in Philippians chapter 2. All right, take us to that. Yeah, starting in verse 5, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. How on earth can somebody say there's no reference there to an earthly human Jesus? All right. Romans chapter one, verse two, you've got on there that he's a descendant of King David. Romans one, verse two says concerning his son, who was descended from David, according to the flesh. Yeah. So there we've got his descent from King David. What else? In first Thessalonians, another one of the letters on the list um, in it, it just, there's this little phrase in chapter one, verse 10 uh, to wait for his son from heaven. whom he, raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Now, the one phrase there that I want to call attention to is raised from the dead. What that says is that there was somebody who died. Yeah. And, and it's Jesus. And that's in the epistles. 
And also down in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14, we see where he died and who had him killed. Verse 14, brethren, become imitators of the churches of God, which are where? In Judea, in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things of your own countrymen, even as they did of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove out us. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, some more. How about, how about the betrayal by Jesus? Is that mentioned by Judas? Is that mentioned in the epistles? Yes. I'm assuming you wouldn't have asked it unless it, it, it is. And right now I'm drawing a blank. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't mention his name, but it says in the night in which he was betrayed. Oh, yeah. First Corinthians 11. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First Corinthians 11. So and, and it's, and you remember what Carrier said? He said, when I first saw this, you know, I tried my best to find any evidence against it. And he said he couldn't find any evidence that showed that these seven epistles talked about an earthly Jesus. How, how hard did he look? <laughs> Some more. What else do you see up here? Are there any references to Jesus's family members, his brothers in the epistles? Galatians 1, right? I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Yeah. How about another one? Yes, there's another one. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's uh, <laughs> description that he had a right to be married. Yes, yes, yes. First Corinthians 9. Yeah, like, like Jesus' brother. So it's all over the place. So let's, let's start throwing some up here on the screen. So Yes, that would look, be helpful. I would appreciate that. <laughs> if, we look at, if we look at this list, um, we've got uh, what – so if you – starting where he starts, if he doesn't want to talk about the Gospels, he says the earliest documents are the epistles, and they say nothing about an earthly Jesus. Just look how many references. Now, it's not their goal in the Gospels to tell the Gospels, you know, the story of Jesus' life and ministry and everything. That's not the purpose. No, in the epistles, you mean. Right, right. Oh, excuse me. Right, right, right. They're they're written, like Galatians is written to correct a problem at Galatia. Yeah, in other words, we're not looking at letters that even assume there's a, a question as to whether Jesus existed or not. Right. The, the assumption is he did, but they're just making allusions to his existence. And these are in the very letters that our, our historian here says uh, they're the ones that do not mention Jesus. Well, yeah. And so, so Jesus would have been preached when Paul went to these cities and towns. But in later letters, which are not about, hey, here's the life of Jesus and such, in later letters, there are references to things that are common knowledge. So, uh, born of Mary, born of woman, and a virgin, likely alluded to in Galatians 4, and certainly stated that he's born of woman, that he's a descendant of King David, Romans 1, 4. Uh, that he's got these brothers, 1 Corinthians 9, and another passage that is obscured right there, Galatians 1, 19, James, the Lord's brother. Yeah, we can see it. Uh, uh, in the epistles, I don't know of any reference to John the Baptist, um, but and there's no, there, this is so. How many of Jesus's sermons and parables are in the epistles? They're not. 
but are there some references to things he taught? Yes, yes, and you've got a couple of references up there. First Corinthians seventh chapter and verse ten, what Jesus said about uh, marriage and and the permanence of marriage, and First Corinthians. Uh, the 11th chapter in verse 23 about the observance of the Lord's Supper. Yeah, this do in remembrance of me, etc. Now, how about the 12 apostles? Are they mentioned in the epistles? Yes, they are. In 1 Corinthians 15, when Jesus appeared to the, is, is described as having appeared to the apostles after he was raised from the dead. Yeah, and with the number, the 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, what verse is that in? Yeah, verse 5, and he appeared to the 12. Mm-hmm. Now, there it's used in a formal sense of the 12, because we know Judas is that. But, you know, there's that say, reference. Didn't it also say later on in that same area that uh, he also appeared to James? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. which is another reference back to James up there. Uh, and does he ever give any of the names of some of the apostles? Yeah, Galatians and First Corinthians uh, uh, 15, for instance, he appeared first to Cephas. Uh, in Galatians, it talks about Peter and John. Um, does in First Thessalonians two, which we talked about in Judea, where they persecuted the believers and had killed Jesus, it, and that that was done by the leadership of the Jews. The betrayal in the night that he was betrayed, the establishment of the Lord's Supper. He said, "Do this in remembrance of me." First uh, Thessalonians. 2, 14, 15, it doesn't go into the details of the trial before the high priest, but again refers to that they had had him killed. Um, crucified, man. Uh, Philippians 2, the passage that Jonathan mentioned to us, uh, 1 Corinthians, I preach Christ and him crucified, etc., etc. Any comments so far, thoughts on any of this? No, just, just to, again, make the point, this is not even the strongest evidence of Jesus' existence, but what it is... It, this was his big argument that Jesus didn't exist. He's going to take the gospels off the table and yep. then he's going to say, we could, we could give some credence to the epistles is his implicit point. But he says the epistles never mention an earthly Jesus. And yet what are we seeing? They certainly did all over the place. So what we're seeing is Mr. Carrier uh, has the, the premise of his argument is false. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, buried by Joseph and Nicodemus. Doesn't mention their names, but Jeff already cited for us, and he was buried. And of course, rose on the first day. Uh, um, We've got uh, references to his resurrection and an emphasis on the first day. The appearance of disciples, a lot of detail about that in 1 Corinthians 15 and the ascension, Philippians 2.9, Romans 8, verse 34, et cetera. You know, we've got a comment from a viewer, and at first I, I was not seeing uh, how it was directly related to what we're talking about, but in a way it does. It mentions a man named Serenthus, uh, who lived late first century, who taught that Jesus was physical, but the Christ came upon him at baptism, and he left him before his death, and the Christ spirit never suffered. All right, all of that stuff that Serenthus taught about Jesus uh, is a little bit beside the point for the point that we're talking about right here, which is simply that Serenthus did teach that Jesus was physical, according to Randy. I don't remember that he taught that Jesus was physical, but if that's accurate, here's an observation. You've got people who wanted to deny the claims of Jesus being the Son of God and so on, and yet they didn't do it by saying people in that time who didn't do it by saying, well, he, he didn't really exist. 
they tried to say this man who existed wasn't really the Christ, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just to claim that the earliest stuff, and uh, probably some of the epistles are earlier than a lot of the gospels. But to, what we're seeing here is that these basic facts that we see in the gospels were well understood in common knowledge among the Christians before that. So to claim that these early doctrines. And, and then you go to the secular writers. Uh, they certainly seem to believe that it was common knowledge and undisputed that there was this man, Jesus, who existed. We've already mentioned Tacitus and Suetonius. And, and so you really, really, can I go back to the first point about the coins? Yes. We've got some people who were leaders of, of empires, and they were on coins. But here we've got this man who was a, a carpenter a, a, of, a, of a low estate, uh, and, and yet we've got this much about him, even Roman historians mentioning him. Sure, I got this guy here. I don't know if you can see that. That's got that's a coin with Constantine's image on it. All right. There's one with Pontius Pilate on it. And uh, so, sure, we have some government leaders who are mentioned because they were government leaders. But here's a man who was from this little town in Galilee, Nazareth, yeah. of which somebody could say, does any good thing come out of Nazareth? Right. And yet, from his century, we've got all this testimony about him. And then 2,000 years later, somebody's going to try to say, well, he didn't really exist. He was just a myth. Yeah. Who invented the myth then? It had to be Paul. According to this fellow. Well, but according to this fellow, Paul only believed that he was a celestial uh, being a spiritual being up there somewhere that was never a man. But you just showed me, I, got, I didn't count them, but it looks like there's about 23 references out of the very letters that he admits exist are legitimately genuine Paul. 23 references. And, and if, you, if you add to that his speeches and acts, which they would not say are the seven epistles that they would accept, but there's, of course, some, I think some really strong historical uh arguments to be made from the book of Acts, which we don't have time to get into. But if you look to the book of Acts, if you add Paul's speeches in Acts, he talks about Jesus of Nazareth. He talks about the work of John the Baptist. He talks uh, about, you know, Pilate, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole thing is, is kind of just uh, absurd that he's even made this argument. I'm going to throw this up there because we didn't get uh, time to look at these in detail. But if you would like to see the references from the Romans uh, historian that talks about Jesus being killed under Pilate. If you'd like to see what Josephus said, if you'd like to see uh, some of the other things, you can go to this three minute Bible study.com documenting Jesus in history, external historical references to Jesus Christ, which are our secondary proofs, not the most important one, but it, it, it adds to it. Final comments, anybody? Uh, you mentioned Acts. Wasn't it uh, the, the great uh, archaeologist Ramsey who wanted to prove Luke couldn't have written Acts because he was too accurate? But then he ends up spending a lot of his life finding out that everything that well, everything that, he, that Luke did write about, that he uh, did I, actually I haven't, seen in, I haven't seen in Ramsey's work that he wanted to disprove it. What Ramsey said was, 
I had been tr trained in the Tubingen school uh, and had thought and was of the mind, in other words, that Acts was written later, like in the second century. That's what he had been educated in. But the more he studied it, he said the more he became convinced of the value of Luke as a historian of first rank. Yeah, he, he mentions Luke as or, being no, a great historian. Backs. You might not call him Luke by name. Yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Good. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, enjoyed everything, guys. And thank you, everyone that's in the audience. And we want to invite you back again next week, Tuesday at 2. Have a great week, everyone.